Welcome to Do Not Go Quiet. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, and nobody can hang with my stuff. With Eric Wilson. It's a big, hairy American winning machine. Mark Ellis. What's up? What's up, brother? Good to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you here, man. Um, so real quick, I got to throw these credits out. Uh, if Most people are going to know who you are, but if they don't know who you are, um, sports coordinator, executive producer in some situations, sure, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't, uh, Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise, the water boy with Adam Sandler, any given Sunday with Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx, mm -hmm. the replacements, uh, Kuby Gooding Jr. in radio miracle with Kurt Russell McFarlane with Kevin Costner, the longest yard with Sandler and the crew, yeah. uh, invincible with Mark Wahlberg, semi pro with Will Ferrell, amazing Spider-Man, dark Knight rises, Woodlawn, the list goes on and on. Thanks for being here, brother. Man, it's great being here. It's un unsanctioned. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to alert anybody. I didn't know if you, you know, could come up with the appearance fee. Well, I necessary. That's, I, that's kind of how I roll unsanctioned. That's you know, <laughs> that's why we're in this dark space down here. Like really, nobody. That's right. No one really knows yeah. what's going on. There's probably yeah. a lot of activity. A lot of stairs activity to get down here. I was like, okay, is there going to be somebody around the corner? Like, you know, is there a little a little hit going on down here? Well, this is great, man. This is great. This is. They could be. A, you don't know what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is great. This is cool stuff. Yeah. So you're, you're, uh, I got you on a, like a, a 10 day hiatus between here and New Jersey. What are you, what are you shooting up in New Jersey? What are you working We're on? We're right working, now? uh, with Hulu on a, um, the Aaron Hernandez story. And that's been cool. And, uh, it's 10 episodes and not re the, reoccurring or anything. What's but. the, the difference between working on, um, like with a streaming, service on that's something that's got you know multiple episodes versus working on a film project. well you th there it is and everybody I, I i admittedly it drives me a little bit crazy eric uh the you know the streaming that's no big deal like whatever it is great theater streaming makes little difference right um the episode thing yeah, drives that, me nuts. Right. That's kind of what I was wondering about. Oh, like, I can't, I can't get my head around it because, um, after obviously doing features for so long, the, the whole, they're set up. So you have a director, either every other episode sometimes, or sometimes they might do a block with, they give them two episodes or whatever. Then you're already, then you're transitioning. Somebody's a new director's coming in, maybe a new DP. So they're, they're not prepping. using the same crowd through the whole thing. No. And what's the thought process? And you're prepping that? and you're like, prepping. Why the are they doing that? Like, well, the idea is to, to be able to, the, the next group comes in and preps it instead of prepping the whole thing. Cause you know, each one of these episodes, you know, it's different all the time. Sometimes an hour and a half, sometimes it might be an hour, whatever the episodes might be, but usually those things are a little bit longer. What so and remember, a feature film is like what an hour, hour and forty, hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, so, so you're basically doing half a feature film on every episode, right? Something like that, you know. Yeah. So you need to bring in another group to get ready to prep the next episode. Oh, well, that makes a ton of sense. Okay, right. I but the you. problem is, for me, a guy that has worked with features, you know, when I read the script or whatever, I look at, as a storyteller. You look at the through line. 
And I just see it as one big story. So I, I can't compartmentalize, you know, okay. Oh, you have episode two and three. Like he does, they don't want to talk about four and five because yeah. what happened in three and four should set up what happened in four and five. Yeah. And you're so, looking at the whole arc and those people are looking at it as like they're a, condensed as a, as a project. Correct. It, well, into like one or two episode project. That's it. Yeah. And they're not responsible for the other stuff. I'm going, but what we did here might affect. And so yeah, that makes sense. There's tendencies. I think potentially for things to fall through the crack or maybe not to button up stories as good as you maybe want to. And certainly it's almost like restarting maybe stylistic, how they want to shoot, um, getting them up to speed of what we've been doing or not doing or whatever it might be. And, and, and the, by the way, great crew, smart people, uh, great storytellers. I learn stuff all the time. Nothing, nothing's different with this crew. They're amazing. Uh, great to work with pros, pros. What's it like? It's just, it's tough. It's tough. So what's it like working with people who I'm going to assume maybe I'm, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, who know nothing about sports in most cases or most of the film people kind of that's not their wheelhouse, right? I mean, that's why you're well, there. thank goodness, you know, because yeah. I wouldn't have a job if it if it was anything else. And if you think about it, you know, if you were doing military movies and you, you know, like what do I know about Navy SEALs taking the beach? Sure. Next to nothing. So if I was doing a movie like that, I need to bring somebody in that could, you know, could walk me through exactly, mm-hmm. you know, technically what's supposed to happen, what looks real, because authenticity is is the number one thing. Same if you were doing like uh, medical stuff, like, you know, yeah. if you did a medical show, you want to make sure that you've got somebody in there that, you know, medically we're saying the right things, we're doing the right things, we're in surgery, we're asking for the right, you know, we're asking for the right tool, all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of pick their brain and make sure it's all correct. So most of, most of these people, you know, again, they're leaning on you heavy. They're, they're bringing you in and saying, tell us what. Yes. And I would say more, I would say Eric more than ever, even when I first started, because we're so, whether you want to call it oversaturated with all the, you know, thousand channels or whatever it is, you know, with sports, and as much as the world, not just America, takes in sports. The way we consume it. We consume yeah. it at a level mm-hmm. that's never like, right? So even the non-sports fans tend to browse through, you know, watch the Super Bowl. They may not watch the entire thing. So they start knowing just enough to be dangerous in some ways. Mm-hmm. And But my point is, you can't fool them if it's not right. You know, if it's not right, if it doesn't look good, they're going to check out. They're going to get bumped pretty easy because again, yeah. and I've the, seen some of those where it's just like, Oh my gosh, who like, yeah, this, these people have never played a sport in their life and they didn't bring anybody in that did. And it wasn't always like that. Right. Sure. I mean, they didn't always do this, bring in sports coordinators. Like that's, you got started on this because of a movie called the program that was done at the university of South Carolina back in what the late eighties. No, it was right. Uh, was it 93 93 and that was kind of your first foray into this whole film thing how did that like that's such an interesting story how did that whole thing go down well i played football up at appalachian state mac brown i grew up in greensboro north carolina my um 
high school coach got a job up there. I think a linebacker coach. Up at App? Yeah. Okay. And so um, I played quarterback in high school, wanted to play receiver, played a little defensive back too. And so, uh, you know, they were going to let me get a chance. Matt Browns, they were going to give me a chance to play receiver. So I followed him up there. Uh, and uh, that's a whole other story, of course, that, you know, they get fired the first year I'm up there, end up three different coaches and, no free agency like they've got no, now where they can just no, plug out. No, no transfer you, portals. You're locked know, that in. Kind of stuff. That's right. But anyway, so in 93, I'm I'm in Columbia uh, finishing up my degree at, at the University of South Carolina. My brother's playing there, playing quarterback there. And uh, I'm going to be probably what I'm thinking is I'm going to be a college coach. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, I had drifted around tried out in the NFL, had, you know, uh, Canadian Football League, that kind of thing. All as a quarterback? Uh, as, a receiver, as a receiver. As a receiver. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, had some bites here and there. But for the most part, I thought, okay, this is this this part's over. <laughs> this part of my life. Yeah. We all pretty much know when that part yeah, of our life this is part's done. Over. We, we can feel it. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> yeah, I remember like, right. you know, when I, you know, when they, when they called, like, who can go and who could stay, you know, at the, at the, at, at camp. Where you find that little piece of paper in the locker, yep, that says you know you, you can go now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I literally was like, okay, somebody made a mistake and dropped this here. You know, I mean, it's it's like it's a shock of the whole world. Like you're not used to that. Like, well, you go from being no, regardless of what level it happens, you go from being the best to all of a sudden either being below average or you're just can't even cut it. Like, oh, it yeah. happens like that, like that, yeah, like that. Well, and again, I, I the, one of the first hints was when they said when I showed up. And they said, receivers over here, tight ends over here, you know, you know. And so I go get in the line and I'm in the line and I, <laughs> you go, I, I look, you know, I look up and I, is not like right. and I said, I said, Hey, <laughs> Hey dude, they said the tight ends over here. Yeah. He said, no, I'm a receiver, man. And I went and can run like a deer. You know, like, I thought, you know, I could run pretty good. Like. I thought, uh oh, he's taller than me, oh, faster yeah. than me, right? Yeah, like the like, uh oh, this is going to be tough. So, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a wake up call. But anyway, in '93, I get a telephone call saying, "Hey, I heard you played college football. One of the producers on this movie, the program, we're doing this movie. So, who's making this phone call? This is a producer. I think it was Celia Costas called. And he got your touchstone how, how pictures. Did you even get your information. Like, uh, you know, did, great yeah. question." You have no idea. No earthly idea. That's unbelievable. How you know, that, I think that, yeah. listen, I, like that I, one call changed your entire life. Oh, yeah. And I think they listen. I think, you know, they both were checking. I can't remember if Todd at that point was in law school, maybe. He wasn't playing anymore. Uh, it seems like, out. yeah, it seems like he was out, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 93. So I think he was in law school. So I think the, the call came to you know, kind of the brothers and help us out and that kind of stuff. So um, they got a hold of both of us, and, you know, and and I said, hey, let me check with my professor. I said, well, first of all, I said, I don't know anything about filmmaking, like nothing. Yeah. But I know a little bit about football, sure. And I went, I, so I started doing some research, Eric, and like, you know, I'm, 
I mean, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, no money, you know, trying to freaking, you know, hoping to be a coach, you know, grad assistant, you know, right. that kind of thing. You're like, oh, this might put a little money in my pocket, Maybe, right? you know, and, you know, can I even get time to do this and what is, so I started right. doing some research on what kind of a te- movie technical advisor might be. So when I walked in there, I said, listen, you know, my professor's going to work with me. This looks like I could maybe help out, but I need this much you know, a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I didn't know if they're going to laugh me out of the room or, or what it was. She stood right I up. I mean, there's no internet back there. So how do you even, I, how do you I even figure remember. out what I, you it's think hard, to ask Right. I, I remember, you know, diving in, making some phone calls, just getting a ballpark. Yeah. And she stood right up and said, welcome to the team. <laughs> You're like, I should ask for damn, more. I should ask for more. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, bam, I dive in and, you know, I read the script and, and, um, and it was a great experience, mm-hmm. great experience. And, um, it was just fantastic. Uh, it, you know, learned a lot. So my job was to, you know, recruit and cast all the players, uh, you know, that was on the hero team that on opponent teams, my job was to work with the actors, Craig Sheffer and some of those guys to make sure that they looked re- as real as possible. Uh, it, you know, consult on the script, make sure that the terminology was good, all that kind of stuff. Uh, draw the plays, choreograph, you know, take the guys in training camp, run a whole training camp, teach them the plays, the whole thing. So that's so that's an interesting, I, you took a bunch of actors. How many of them had ever played football before? Did they have a football background? Any of I them? had, there was one guy, what was Dwayne's last name? Oh boy, he's going to kill me. I'm terrible with that. His dad played for the Packers. Okay. Played the linebacker in that movie. Oh Dude, yeah, this yeah. Was so long. Yeah, ago. yeah. This I was gonna say we're we're talking about a movie. It was that we thirty know. years ago. I mean, yeah, you know, something like that. Ago. But uh, but James Conn was the coach. You had yes. a really big like big guy oh, playing yeah, yeah. the lead in that. Great guy too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And so, but most of them no, never played. And so for me, and by the way, that was a learning curve too. I kind of got called in fairly early. You were, I guess I you was were a little, little too hard on the boys, maybe on the actors, <laughs> right? <laughs> they weren't used to, they yeah. weren't used to being in camp, right? Getting their butts chewed. <laughs> right. And I only knew one way, you know, and all I knew was my name was going to be on this thing, yeah. you know, and that I was supposed to be in charge of like, you know, this guy was supposed to be a Heisman trophy quarterback. And, you know, at, I think, you know, Jim McMahon or somebody was hot at that time. And, you know, you know, well, we've all they, seen, you know, we've, so, we've all seen those movies where a guy just doesn't like, he doesn't even look like he belongs out there. You know, they've got him supposedly playing this amazing athlete and he's running weird or, you know, he's moving in a, in a weird way or just no command of the sport. So it's right. a super important component to it. Well, not only that, I said, before we start doing that, let's see if we can take a snap. Yeah. That's without a, breaking our fingers like, exactly like, like <laughs> i mean things that we take things that guys who have been in the sport forever take for granted like you're talking right. about people who have never done it and yeah you're let's let's work them. on our feet work you know yeah. on the three-step draw let's work on five like like you know how we hold the ball how you know you know how really you know, because again you're What's obviously going like to double these guys and for back, hits and that, that kind of stuff but yeah. the more that you see them the more that they can do the more believable the audience is. By the way, you know, I've got a saying that says, you know, 
somewhere in the middle of all this crazy stuff, this great gig, this <laughs> career I've had this, I don't even call it a job because I feel like I never get up to go to work. It's fantastic. It's, it's a great, greatest gig in the world. I mean, love it. But somewhere along the way, I think, you know, I, I've told some people that, you know, uh, you know, you won't believe the tears in the locker room if you don't believe the catch in the end zone. Yeah. You've got to believe that's, both. That's They've got to work valid. together. Yep, that's right. So what I try to tell the guys is, you know, we got to earn it. I, you know, I have a great story. Denzel Washington did the hurricane or whatever. I think the opening of the movie, first minute and a half, two minutes of the movie or whatever, he plays this heavyweight champion boxer. And I saw the interview and they said, you know, why – why would you train like three months and the rest of the movies in jail? Yeah. Like, why would you train three months, you know, or whatever for just a minute and a half of the movie, you know, something like that first two minutes of the movie. He said, well, if they don't believe that I'm the heavyweight boxer of the world, that they're not going to believe anything else, nothing else from there, mm -hmm. from there on. Yeah. And I thought that's it. Like there it is. That makes complete sense. Complete sense. And that's why, you know, he's Denzel. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a good, I mean, yeah. that was a good film, like from the standpoint of, I remember watching that, you know, it's interesting because we didn't know each other at all. Right. But there was this, I was at Carolina in 93. That was my first year came down there as a GA, you know, college football coach. That was my thing. I did that for 10 years, but that was, I had been coaching at a small school for two years. I got a, a gig coming down, breaking down film, doing all the grunt work. Yeah. We were there at the same time. We never met each other That's right. at all. Um, but it, it was a movie that I was pretty aware of. So how do you take that, which basically happened by happenstance and leverage that into what was the next opportunity? Oh, came? it was like, not leverage, Eric. It was it, no it leverage. It just happened. It just kind of yeah. like cascaded. Like what, what, was so, that, what did that look like? Yeah. So I got done with it and I thought, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Back to work, back to life. Okay. By the way, it was You're not, still in school, right? Yeah. I'm okay. like, okay. You know, like, um, Sure. Like, okay, fine. I got to work on a movie. Great experience. Move on. Like that was it. But you're not sitting here thinking this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You thought oh, that, absolutely was, not. that was freaking cool. One and done. Like, great. That was awesome. fine. Right. Yeah. And put a little bit of money in my pocket and you know, great. Okay. So then, uh, the telephone just started to ring. And what I mean, I think, you know, I think the water boy was first. Well, you know, I think I, you know, it's again, the order. I'm not good at, I'm, I'm not good well, at I which, mean, which order went. When you look at the list, there's so many of them. Right. So I can't remember. I think I did a couple. I mean, literally, I think before I even got done, there was a movie called the foreign student that I did that was filmed in Richmond, Virginia, that Robin Givens who was married to Mike Tyson at the time. Yeah. She was really big back then. Right. Yeah. She was starring in it. There's a little bit of period football in that. I went and did that. Uh, then, you know, the water boy with Sandler happened, you know, <laughs> that movie is like timeless, right? That was the first time you met Sandler, right? Yeah. And that story, because you know, you've worked with him a lot over the course of the years and that was, but that was the first well, time. Well, yeah. And, and again, I got the, I got the telephone call. I got the script. I read the script mm -hmm. and I was like, um, no, thank you. Really? You oh, I was no young and dumb. And, yeah. I and mean, what, I, what you just thought well, was I'm stupid? like, at that point, you're like, this is stupid. I mean, it's like it's Sandler. It's like fart jokes. And like, you know, 
like, you know, and the football seemed just wacky and crazy and all that. Like, why do you, this like doesn't seem, I'm thinking just drama, you know, I'm thinking. You're like, no, there's, this isn't real. This doesn't right. look like football. It's goofy. This it's is, all that stuff. Is, like, it's no, kind of, it's right. Making, kind of makes the sport look dumb. Correct. And I think Jerry Ketchum, who's now the president of Disney, was the vice president or whatever, was like, you know, hey, we if you'll do this, we've got another movie called Whispers. It's with Will Smith coming after this. I'm like, Will Smith, you know. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, I get there and there's this big thing, you know, like w there was a, you know, with Sandler, I think early on, it was like, let's make the football real and make the characters in the game funny, but let's make the football as real as we possibly can make it. That yeah. was kind of my big push, I think at first. And, um, and what did he, is that did he, did he buy into that or was he kind of like no I want the whole thing to be goofy? It, 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 you know I think it was a little bit of give and take. You, you now remember I mean I mean to say that Adam is brilliant, brilliant you know and again to say well it's when I stopped guessing, dude the movie made one hundred and seventy five million dollars. Oh it was a humongous movie. It's the number one. Huge. I think it still today is the number one football sports movie, movie. Oh, sports, sports in movie. general sports box movie. office sports movie really of all time wow okay okay you know what i think number two is what the longest yard so he, he did both of them he's got the top two i think he's got the top two i think any given sunday's in there which Jer did. i think jerry Maguire's in there which you did yep did both those i think what did jerry Maguire gross i thought because that's a big football well movie. that's what changed the industry that movie, Jerry yeah. Maguire. So to go back to the story, I did the water boy. It worked out great. You know, Adam is everything that you think he is, everything you've heard. Yeah, he just looks like such a genuine guy. When I look, when I hear about what he does off screen and all that stuff, oh. he just seems like a dude, a normal Period. dude, you know, normal, really good dude. And, uh, Loyal, like you're saying, his guys that run around with him, the Long Island guys, you know, all true, the best guys ever. Like, you know, not just to work with, but just to hang with. Just, yeah. just they get it, right? You know, they get it. You they know, they literally seem like a bunch of dudes that grew up together. One of them just crushed it. The other ones are talented, and they just they're like doing what they love, hanging out, and yeah, it, they happen to make a Still living doing it. And that's what, like, sometimes I wonder if they're going to, you know, they're, they're now, now they're to the point now where I think they're pretty, pretty convinced that they pinch, if they pinch themselves, you know, like, okay, maybe <laughs> this is real at this point. It's been going on for 25 right. years. Yeah, right. I think we got it going. I think we got it now. <laughs> I think but, we're okay. but I think for a while they were like looking around to see if anybody was going to, you know, is like anyone grab them by the back of the shirt and pull them out and go. Is anyone going to okay. realize we don't belong here? Right. Yeah. They're those dudes. Yeah. Like, which is just fantastic. Yeah, that is awesome. And uh, Adam's that way. And and uh, so and he's, I mean, you know, anyway, he's just, he's that, he's that kind of guy. And then. So, and so you said that, that worked out, you know, that, that worked kinda, out great. Yeah. And then Jerry Maguire. Well, right after Waterboy. Changed, changed the game or something. Well, right after Waterboy, during Waterboy. Okay. I, I think I'm, I'm in Orlando. I've got two more weeks to go. Where did they film that? We were in Orlando, filmed Florida. filmed in Orlando? Okay. Yeah. We're in Orlando, Florida. Two weeks to go. And I get this telephone call. Hey, we're doing this movie in Texas called Varsity Blues. That movie was big. Huge. Right? 
That was a huge. Who was who? Who was the lead? Paul on Walker. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. John Voight. That was Walker's like first big movie, wasn't it? Right. Uh, now the lead really on that, you know, Voight was big, but right. it was James Vanderbeek oh, coming that's... off of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, he was in Dawson's that Creek. That WB then... group, Paramount, you yeah. know, those guys, Mike Tolan, Brian Robbins, so I yeah. end up doing a bunch of movies with who are just fantastic guys. Tolan Robbins production company, they they forget it. Like they they killed it. They again, fantastic guys. The best to work with. Uh, they get sports, love sports, did a bunch of movies with them, but that was the first one. And at that point, that was a big race between varsity blues and Friday night lights. Race, who was going to get race to get it out first race to get it out okay. first race to see who was going to get, get it going first. Gotcha. Cause Friday night, Friday night lights was the bestseller. Uh, the and, book. and yeah, so it was, was, it was a, huge, a race there. It was book. a race there. And Which one did better at the box office? Oh, I need to check. I think Friday Night Lights did pretty good, which I did not. I turned that down, did not do Friday Night Lights because yeah. I wanted to go do Coach Carter. I wanted to do a basketball movie. But that's an, a, that was an amazing movie. with uh, Which did better in Friday Night Lights at the box yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I'm, I'm happy to say. But um, And Peter Berger I had worked with before on a movie called Rise and Walk, who was an actor who played Dennis Bird, the, the, the guy that was paralyzed from the Jets. Mm -hmm. It was a... Yep. like a Fox movie of the week or something. Okay. And Peter was an actor. I think he was on ER, one of those medical shows back then. He's the one he, did, he did coach Carter. That was his. No, film? no, no. He was oh, okay. he directed Friday night lights. Oh, okay. I follow you, you know, now. but okay, I had already you. worked with him on a movie called, uh, the Dennis bird story where he was an, he was an actor. Right. And if you don't know who Peter Berg is, he did Titanic, right? Wasn't he like one of the, no, 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 he did. No, he did battleship. Okay. Directed that. I got my I got my boats mixed up. You got your boats mixed up, <laughs> which cracks me up. I can't wait for everybody to see this. That's awesome, dude. That is so great. I thought that guy did Titanic. That's freaking no. hilarious. I but think so. I saw Battleship. I think maybe too. James Cameron might have done. <laughs> oh, that's Titanic. right. What the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! Lord, that's that's awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, you know, and I think Peter and Wahlberg have worked a bunch together. Gotcha. You know, Lone Survivor. But Peter, again, another guy that's just freaking blown up, you know, like him and Favreau. You know, I worked with them when they were actors. Now they're like these right. huge directors mm -hmm. and producers. But um, it's interesting how that transition. Oh, happens. it's great. You know, it's great to watch. It's great to watch them. Especially I mean, when you watch an old movie and they're like, not even leads, you know, like they're like, right. you know, uh, you know, a supporting actor, or kind of a smaller part. And now they're like some of the biggest guys in and great dudes, like yeah. just, and just see them ha watch that career happen and, you know, watch them. It's great. It's great to watch. And, and, uh, yeah, just thrilled about it. And so John, Fav John Blows Favreau did little women too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because remember, I did I, with Favreau, I did with the replacements. Yeah, with Keanu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you've worked with like literally some of the hugest guys in the film industry. I mean, Tom Cruise, yeah. Keanu Reeves, Samuel L. Jackson, right? All these guys. Oh, I mean, I mean let's talk look, huge. You know, again, let's, you can go almost, uh, Eric, I'd say, well, you can start even older when you start talking in one of your favorite 
movies, I think Miracle. But if you start talking yeah. about Kurt Russell, Gene Hackman, Robert mm-hmm. Duvall, you know, who did you work with? What did you work on with Hackman? Hackman, I did replacements with. Oh, that's right. He was in that and, too. And, you, and, you and what was Duvall in that you did? Duv- and Hackman. You're not. <laughs> when I got done, when I got done with the program, Josh McLaughlin, who was the assistant director on the program yeah family history unbelievable in the film industry this dude is maybe one of the best 80s right now on the planet he he was you know young in 93 amazing guy i think his dad might have directed some of like john wayne's old westerns i think if if it's i mean sister's huge producer and Josh is like, maybe he just saw that I was eager and young and like, you know, would do anything and coachable and all this stuff. He says, you're going to be an AD. I'm going to train you. You're going to be with me. And he took me with him out to Moab, Utah to do a movie called Geronimo, a Western. So. Okay. There's yeah. no football in a Western. That's what I said. <laughs> That's okay. what I said. I said, Josh, there's no, what? You know. And so, no, no, just trust me. Just come on. Just come on. I'm going to train you. You know, this was a huge compliment at the time. I probably didn't really know how big it was. Um. You know, and he was taking a chance on me and didn't have to and all the other stuff. And no I, ma- I got out there. You know, so anyway, say, J- no matter what industry you're in. Yeah. If somebody good takes you under their wing like that, that's the that's the catapult. Of course. Right, into anything. Yeah. And that's the reason. You work hard. That's the reason you right, bust your butt. Create that's those re- opportunities. That's for it. Yeah. That's it. When you're working on something, you're already my whole approach was always I'm really working on the next one. Yeah, or to get the next right. one. Because remember, I'm unemployed eight times a year if it's a good year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're always, it's project it's to project. It's always about there's, the, yeah. You, there's nobody cutting you a paycheck that no. you're like, you know, I'm going to get that paycheck in six months. Correct. It's like, okay, I'm on this one, then I got I got to have right. something else lined up. But again, at the time, I didn't know any better because I thought this program was just going to be a one and done. But Josh right. took me to go to to do that. So you start out as this key PA. So you you work all this, you know, production assistant type thing. Everything from making copies to pouring coffee to blocking off things to you know like the the, the list is, it's it's like to do it's, it's like, like the, GA of the film industry. That's correct. It's the grunt work. It's the grunt you, work. And you got to be willing to do the grunt work to be able to do the real work. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Which all that has to happen for stuff to go off. Of course. So, three yeah. weeks into it, I said I quit. Really? Oh God. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. Okay. Like. Okay, sometimes in life you have to do things to find out what you don't want to do. And did he talk you into staying, or were you done? Oh, yeah, like yeah. yeah they out. called me in the office. You know, I think they threw. I think they threw. <laughs> like they were already giving me how. Like nobody was getting this stuff as a PA. Like you have to pay for your own. Like right. some of these people like sleep in their cars to do this job. Yeah, you know they're giving me you know hotel the whole people thing. are like dying. People would dying kill to, to have get that, that opportunity, and, and like, I'm like, I'm gonna walk I cannot get away sucks. from this quick enough. Yeah, you know, I just could not. Well, you don't uh, know what you got. You don't know what you don't know what you don't know, right? When right. And I, it was all of it. I wanted to be 
I was just in the middle of the action. Like literally I was right next to camera. I was. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, I was, you're, you're playing like these huge role, like these integral parts in developing the storyline and shooting right. and all that stuff. And now you're getting coffee and making copies. Right. And eventually as an AD, like Josh is eventually you get back to that role. If you right. pay your dues and you take that proper line. And by the way, that line is like, it's going like going to medical school. By the time you, have to do so many hours on set. It's, I think it's like, you know, three, four years or something like that before you acquire enough hours to eventually get into the uh, director's, you know, guild, right? Yeah. So to there's actually, their, and so I think you go a lot from of people don't know that. a week. A lot of people don't know that there's this kind of scale, right? Right. Like you have to do, the union. you have to put in a certain amount of time to be able to work certain titles to get paid certain amount of money. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it was like going to medical school. So like I'm looking not not only am I looking at trying to get through this movie, I'm looking at you know three you know four more years of this before you get into be an assistant director. And when I was also it obviously because I'm working and watching what the assistant director is doing, hurting people. You, let's, you're, make, you're, you're, let's make sure hurting H E R D not H U R T. Right. I'm a Southern guy. You're not beating people it, down when they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Or maybe you are. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I tend to do sometimes in coaching as well, right? But, but yeah, well, that's the world. Right. You know, we, we come from a little bit of a different background. Correct. But it just, it, I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't resonate. It just, it didn't, it didn't uh, float the boat, so to speak. But and they taught so you in the stand. They taught me in the stand. I, 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 I did it. You know, I finished it out or whatever. And at that point, I was like, well, you know, that's just, you know, if, if this is going to work, it's not going to be there. The other thing that it gave me a glimpse into, which was interesting with choices, is the world of stunts in Hollywood. <clears throat> and which is really, really interesting. Like those guys, my oldest son actually at one point was super interested in that. He was like, he oh. could like do a standing backflip and, he used to do all that parkour stuff where they'd go jump from buildings, you know, like right. if he would have known how to get into it, he would have done that. Right. But that, so that go, go on. Cause that's, I'm well, really interested in that. It piece is, of the, it of is the interesting industry. and it's another skill set, and it's another whole, you know, part of it that was very interesting. Did you pick but, that up as kind of part of your repertoire then? Because you, well, it was, like, it was because my responsibility, you know, my responsibility, part of it, is to make sure, you know, whether it's football or hockey or whatever, with the hits, what like everybody's safe, it's going to work. And you, know, you guys, we're going to walk away from this and it's okay. And keeping everybody safe. Right. Um, but what Geronimo kind of did was give me a glimpse. And I'm watching, you know, Cowboys and Indians fight and falling off horses. And horses. Who was, was that Johnny Depp? Who was in that one? I that was remember Jason that Patrick. Movie. Okay. But you know what it also was, Eric? You know, the big thing at that point. <laughs> It wasn't even at oh, that Johnny point. Depp did. Um, what was the old show that, by the way, I cannot wait for your daughter to see this between yeah. you saying Peter Berg and Titanic. Trust and me. My daughter Depp. doesn't know either. Probably not. You're right. <laughs> Which I'm trying to get her to watch some more stuff. Oh, she's got a laundry list. A lot of them. Yeah, are, she's uh, got a big to do list. She's working her way through them, but you're right. She's got to get to know like these films that happened 20, 25 years you ago. Think? So she's got a reference got to, to the industry. Got to. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but anyway, the, the Lone big Ranger, thing, that's what Depp did. That's right. I knew it was there one you go. of those movies. I knew it was a West. That's right. All right. So, keep going. Sorry. but the big thing on this one 
was that was you know Matt Damon's big thing. Matt Damon's first big. Here comes this guy that's supposed to be a new star. It was like Matt Damon's first thing. So you know, on Geronimo, ask, even though I, Hackman and Duvall were on that thing, yeah, you know, and Jason Patrick was on that thing, and then West Studi and those guys, you know, all those guys. Uh, it was you know Matt's first big you know debut, I think, on on the big screen. So it, sidebar yeah. question because yeah. it's part of that. Do do producers? And the people who make the decisions, like do, when you said he was supposed to be the next big thing, right? Yeah. Do they do they have people that they think this is the guy, or like that? That's a question I've always asked: Is does that kind of happen? Like somebody does something, they do a good job in it. Somebody sees him, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's pretty good." Or do they kind of see a guy and go, "This guy could like really blow up. Let's like take a chance on him and put him in something because we think he could be huge." Dude, it's the same in sports. You do this all the time. Yeah. We see the athlete. We we we, we know what it takes to make it. We don't, okay, like, so let's say guy. you saw him. Let's say that you saw him. Let's say you saw the athlete or whatever, you know, yeah. last month. Doing I go to the game. Okay. A month later, I see the kid. We get together somewhere down the road. Did you go, see that kid? Did you Holy see that kid? Yeah. And it, there it goes. Okay. That makes that's a, literally that makes a ton of sense. It, there's no difference whatsoever. Um, you know, it's just literally word of mouth. Everybody knows the it factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can be wrong every now and then. It takes a lot to get through that small window, like just like in sports. But there's a skill set that kind of you know they have to have. You see it, you're like, and yeah, and every and you got to fit people into an age group for certain, right? Certain roles based upon what you're That's shooting. Right. So it's not like you can pull a guy who's 30 back. So you're looking for guys in each one of those age groups, constantly looking for the next young guy. Yeah, constantly looking for the next young guy. Back to varsity blues, Paul Walker was that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Vanderbeek was already established. Yeah. He got the lead role in that. Vanderbeek was the lead role. Now you could say, did Paul go on to have, you know, I don't know, bigger career, maybe, you know, whatever. Yeah. James did great in TV early. Mm -hmm. Paul was kind of a feature guy later. But I remember when Paul showed up, it was like, it was interesting because it was like, he's the next Robert Redford. Paul Walker. Yeah. He had great, by that the guy way, had, great kid. I mean, oh. that guy had, had like everything I saw him in, I liked him in. Oh. He had, he had it all in my, like, just, I don't know anything about the film yeah. industry, but just as a consumer of the product, anything I saw him in, I liked him. Yeah. And another guy that just, you know, off camera, just, oh, solid. Oh, just, yeah. Just a human spirit with that guy is just uh, just an amazing person. You know, just mm, tough stuff. That stuff seems like it translates. Like, I mean, it does. I, Keanu's I the same way. Keanu's the right. same way. It seems Keanu's like the, the people that are really like that somehow that comes off the screen when you're watching them. You almost get this this sense that there's. You know that that's kind of who they are, or they couldn't play the, I think whatever they're playing the way they It's are. hard to hide that stuff. Yeah, you know th that's part of the it. You know, um, some people can pretend mm -hmm. better, yeah, <laughs> right than right. others, but uh, but uh, not act, but pretend, right? Uh, but the the authenticity we talked about, you can't hide that. And so when you show up with that it factor, and part of the it factor is just that that spirit that human spirit the, the the heart the kindness the just the 
the person that you want to be around, the caring, all that stuff, uh, the perspective. The other thing that I've, the other tangible is um, that people don't give enough credit for, my opinion, is smart. Just like, intelligence. Because there's this kind of, in you know, among people who don't know the industry, there is this perception or whether stereotype, whatever you call it, that actors don't, that the intelligence level isn't super high. That's why they're because actors. They're, they're, you're not supposed to be good looking and smart. Be, right. you're, you're and, supposed to... and all they got to do is pretend to be somebody Correct. else. But it's not the case. I'm telling like, like to get to that level, it's the same with the guys that play professional sports. Most of them, you better be a smart dude. Like it's another tangible that's going to help you, your intelligence, Interpret what the coach wants, interpret what the game needs, understand the situation, think you're not overwhelmed, you know, by the moment that you're smart enough to understand, you better prepare. It's, you know, yes, it's discipline and all the other stuff that goes into it, but intelligence is a huge attribute that helps propel a lot of these people and, and the people that we're talking about, in my opinion, you know, um, smart. I mean, just they get it. Yeah. I mean, I've always just wondered how, I mean, the amount of dialogue that they have to memorize, yeah. right? You can't be stupid and do that. No. Uh, I mean, that's, that blows my mind. Like the, just the ability to, to memorize all that information and then not just to memorize it, but to translate it into what you're trying to achieve on the screen. Uh, I mean, you have to be intelligent to be able to do that. I, I would think. I I would I would agree. Um, and I think it. You know, I think after a while that comes easier for them too because they're training their brain. Where you else? That, so you know, yeah. you, you start out like anything else, right? You start out it takes you, you know, two hours or two days or whatever it is to, to get the two pages it, the of two dialogue pages. going, and then by the time you're later on, it takes you half hour. You know. You know, so you train, I think that they, I think they end up repetition. They end up, that ends up getting easier as well. You know, the more you do it, yeah, you train the easier. The brain. Right. And so, and again, like, but you have to have that brain to, to, to be able to do yep. that and to be able to keep. Where else does intelligence play a role for an actor in that industry? Where does that benefit them or where does that put them ahead of? I think seeing story and then understanding the other characters that are around you and how you, again, why am I, why was I ever drawn to this industry teamwork? These guys are team players. So they're going to look around at the other characters and understand how can I benefit you? Mm -hmm. What's your character doing in the story? How's it motivating do I, you know, do, does my character need to feed yours back and forth, so on and so forth. So understanding big picture and then seeing the progression through act one, act two, act three, and have a clear understanding of, of seeing the wide and also making the choices early that set up and get the most out of act three, the payoffs, you know, those the smart ones see it and get it right away then when you flush the ego and you flush the vanity and they're and humble right you, you plug that in 
Right. Because they're confident, because they're smart, because they prepared. Then it becomes less. Oh, like they're, they're there and they know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they're looking at everything else and saying, how do how does what I do play into, how does what I do help you be better at what you're correct. trying to do? How do I feed into right. the, the, the dynamic is, between these characters? Right. The other thing is, writers are different. In Interpret, what way? Well, interpreting what's on the page. Oh, okay, understood. Sometimes it's like, did he mean this or does he really mean that? Yeah. What's he going for here? You know, like, and not being afraid to ask a question or interpreting it a couple of different ways, including interpreting maybe even the way the writer didn't see it. And, and then everybody going, Oh my God, that's even better. Yeah. What's, so what's that takes intelligence. What's an example of that? Oh, I can't like, do that. No, that's too, too many hard. of them. There's the yeah, others. I, I, yeah. Okay. Top of my head. That's, that's, tough but i've i've seen those those are again i would imagine that happens a lot oh eric I mean, and especially what's, with the really good ones oh and it's magic right? when it happens yeah dude it's like watching magic when it happens because everyone probably just goes oh what like yeah that's it oh my god right like we didn't even think about that correct yeah it's like what you know if you're sitting there watching a guy like you know do a painting live or doing a who's good sculpture. at that that shouldn't that's probably not as hard like who are some of the actors that are really good at taking something on a page and sometimes doing something different with it that becomes magic when i when i i'll preface this by mm -hmm. saying when i first from the very beginning in 93 when i first got you know there was no wow with any of the actors because i had been around big time sports guys Remember, no, you mean no wow for you weren't like, no, I was not you, you intimidated. Like intimidated. I was not, you were like, no, yeah, there was none of that for me. That, that you know. comes from athletics at a high level. I, yeah, yeah I, I've with, kind I'm of been you. around, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so to me, there was no that wow thing. Now, there was always, listen, well, the other thing that makes a great gig for me is remember, every athlete wants to be an actor, every actor wants, wants to be, to be an, an athlete, athlete, and everybody <laughs> wants to be a rock and roll star. <laughs> well, that so, is true. Oh, period. Yeah. That's, that's like it. The three, the three factual. There it is. Of life. There and we can go. debate later, you know, like yeah. all three of them are at a bar and which one the chick is going to, you know, like, you know, you know, walk over to like we the, can argue the rock and roll star. I can tell you. There you right go. Now. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Because he's the bad boy. No doubt. So. Uh, but anyway. Um, so I'm in. I, I, I'm in. I, I don't get wowed by a lot. Right. When we're in Miami doing any given Sunday and I walk in and meet Al Pacino. I, I, I'm with you on that one because I've been in the same situation around a lot of really high profile people. Pacino would be, that would kind of freeze me up. <laughs> well, not, not from I, the standpoint of I couldn't talk, but just from the right. standpoint of kind of being like, it's a wow moment. Like I'm around somebody that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Which. Well, I'll tell you how I, I interpreted it. Okay. Which was. um because at that point, I'd been around Academy Award winners, multiple, you know, Hall of Fame athletes. Um, but how I interpreted it was... How long had you been in the industry at this point? I think Before that was... Well, it was 99, but I had worked a bunch already. So you'd been 
six, seven years, but you've been on a bunch of high six, profile seven projects. Years, but, with but high, and, high profile yeah, and people. then you know, at, and and then you know, having to go to some red carpet events and having to go to the SPs and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know. So even if you're not working with them, you end up meeting them and coming across them. And, you're you know, they get, you're and, introduced and yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, so Al's maybe what five seven five eight little yeah he's right short. okay mm-hmm. he seems a word I'm he seems to six six to me i believe that his presence just his presence six 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 eight i mean like i'm not that's weird i know it sounds weird but i'm telling you his presence like i got the i got the impression after the first we said you know, oliver stone jim brown uh and pacino and i First of all, I'm like, what am I doing in a room like this? Yeah, one of those guys. If I, some guy from right. South Carolina, like, like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, it's that moment. You know, it's that moment. But after, and by the way, Jim Brown, like. Right, yeah. If you're, you know, if you're a sport, anybody that has knows anything about sports, Jim Brown is blowing your mind, you know? Maybe the best, it's, you know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, arguably. And still one of my favorite people. But anyway, uh. I got the impression that this was different because I, with Pacino, I got the impression this guy was born to do it. Mm-hmm. This guy was born to do this. Like That's the impression just- I got. Like the impression I got was this guy was born to do. It. I don't care if if he was a rocket scientist. I don't care if he was a trash collector. I don't care if he was a chemical engineer, like an architect. You get the feeling that the dude was born to do this. And it was that when you say you get that feeling, is that from, you mean the way he worked on set or just literally being around him and, and being the around him and listening to him, listen, listening to him uh, and also watching him uh, listening, watching him. Yes. Listen. Yes. Like the, Both. He's not the guy talking all the time. He's paying a lot of attention. Correct. And watch him process and then watch how he processes and watch. Yeah. I just, just, so if you're asking me who's like really, you know, who's good at doing those kind of things, he's the same way. The yeah, other guy, he, 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 he is one of my favorite movies of oh, all time. Yeah. And oh. I like Pacino and De Niro in that movie. That's, I mean, I love Pacino and a bunch of stuff and I loved him in any given Sunday, Yeah, but I, I know what you're talking about. Like, he's one doing... of those guys that just, when I see him on screen, like he capped, like I'm just locked in on that dude. They have a saying, I think, um, I think they say this, you know, for women, especially, but I think I've seen it apply no doubt, uh, to many, not maybe not many, but to men as well is like he eats the camera like literally he (laughs) like the camera has like god he has no the camera has no chance right it's over he's just demanding i mean just that presence is demanding which means that's why you can't take your eyes off of it yeah like he eats it like just like you can't avert your eyes you're you're, he dances with it yeah yeah you were going to say somebody. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I've just, well, no, I didn't I've, mean to cut you off. I was, no, I've worked, I've just done several projects with him now and become fairly close with him. And I will tell you that it's been a joy as a man. Uh, he's been helpful. He's been 
encouraging he's been all those things you know when you're you know just uh with a lot going on he you know brings it back and makes you laugh and you know all those things that you would do it you hope that in your career you meet those people those he's especially special, those older guys special person yeah not just an amazing and actor but a special person. correct and i think chemistry wise and you know that just happened with me with him is because oliver said oh by the way when i got there you know you're going to play the quarterback coach so you're going to you're going to be an actor in this thing and right. i had done some of that and i'm a terrible actor but usually Usually, just, usually you have a headset on. You're calling plays, right? <laughs> like they need somebody to yell That's something. Not, that that fits your wheelhouse, right? Like, they need somebody to yell something. And they say, you know, put Mark over there, and mm -hmm. you know he'll yell something. And you know they run out of people, and like go over there. Well, Oliver's thought was Al, you know, has got some stuff. Doesn't know football all that well, mm -hmm. and you could be there, right there, literally, right next talking to him. right next to him, talking yeah. a little bit through the scene and what. So. That became that relationship, the hours that we spent, you know, 12, 14 hour days, you know, 12 hour days. How long was that shoot? I, I know we prepped like it was six months, dude. Oh, that's a long time together. We started in Miami. Then we moved to Dallas. Mm -hmm. We shot that big speech he had in the Dallas locker room, the old Cowboy Stadium. That ends the movie. Yeah, that's a great. Great yeah. scene. So I helped write, you know, I, you know, writing a little bit on, you know, with some of the, again, that's part of my job, right. You know, I had yeah. to go over kind of some of that stuff. And so talking with him through some of that stuff was just crazy, ridiculous and fun. And it's just fun stuff to, you know, again, to be bouncing, reading lines and going back. I mean, come on. Running lines with Al Pacino. I mean, it's like, yeah, you couldn't imagine that no, ever in your no, life. No, no, no. And again, the most giving and gracious and humble guy there is. Just again, when you look, you know, when he's talking to you, you know, you know, when you feel like you're the only guy in the world. Yeah. That's, some people can make, some people just have, and I think, like you said, he listens, whatever, but I think the people that do that, generally do care right there's some people that do it and, and their eyes are going you know to the other parts of the room to see who's more important they should be talking to some people they're just locked in on you and you know that what they're saying matters like you know that what you say what you're saying to them matters to them they actually are engaged with you i'm gonna care. say you know i think this is important so i'm gonna say it and i've been working on this lately i think it comes back to this I rewatched Eric The Last Dance a couple weekends ago you know, with Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know, The Last Dance. Yeah. And they talked about him being in the moment, being able to constantly be in the moment. Right. I'm like, what the hell? What does that mean? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, really what does that mean so you was that the purpose of you going back to rewatch it was to just no or you just wanted to... i re i was just I, you know i loved it so okay. i wanted to go back and kind of watch it you know and 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 so but you know you find these little nuggets yep. in these things and i'm a biggest i'm a big fan of sports documentaries as much as i am scripted feature storytelling you know whatever Doc, sports documentaries are awesome too so um 
you know, being in the moment. And so it made me think a little bit about it. And I would say that Pacino was one of those guys too. So if, if there is any, uh, semblance between making you feel like you're the only guy in the world at that time when you're having this conversation with him and also being in the moment and making the moment, you know, capturing the moment, eating the moment, like just devouring it because you're so just right there. And it's just everything else is nothing before and nothing five minutes from now. Yeah. But right here, right now, and so it's made me think about that. I think it's very interesting. And I'm still trying to get my head wrapped completely around it. Cause I'm like, am I, and some of that I think is self-awareness too. And some people are good at self-awareness and some people are not great at self-awareness. I think <laughs> that true. also plays into some of this. I, I don't know yet, but again, as I try to move on, I, I think I should work on being in the moment more. Well, I think the fact that you're even processing that, yeah. Is, you know that's a for me i was very much like that i think anytime you're super competitive right and you're a hard driving person and you're trying to to get to the next level you're you kind of get trained into this you know you're you always feel like you have to prove yourself you have to espouse your positive values you have to kind of sell yourself um and for me, that was a, that's something I've been trying to work on too, is listen a lot more, you know, right. and, and not just be the person who's talking <clears throat> so that someone else can listen to you, but really truly care about what that person's saying when you're engaging with them and making that moment less about yourself and more about the person that you're there with. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bigger moment. So anybody other than Pacino, I mean, obviously there's a, tons of great actors but is there anyone anyone else that you've worked with that you kind of feel like has that same command i mean if that's keanu like um everything you think mm -hmm. off camera meaning just solid dude oh kind caring all, all that yeah um Another guy you want in your foxhole. Mm hmm Guy you can trust. Period. Um, he's funny. Some of these guys get in character different ways. I never, I never will forget. I'm working with him on the replacements, and we're drawing plays. We're trying to go as fast as we can. We're shot that in Baltimore. It's hot, and we're going through practices. And this is early on when we, you know, we put him in training camp, just like you would go through military boot camp if you're doing a military movie. So you got him going through two hour practices, just like you would if they were just like on him. a. You know, I've got the assistant coaches holding up these show cards look like scout cards, like you know the defense yep. or offense that you're playing. So everybody shows where they're going, the set and the other, and um, and he's looking at the scout card and he goes. I said, yeah, yeah, throw, you know, let's throw the screen out there in the flat, you know, throw that. I'm like, why? He said, why? Why? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Okay. Right. That's what I said. Okay. Interesting. Right. Like, 
needed to know his process as a quarterback, wanted to know. Try. He's actually trying to understand the play. Why are we running this play? It's not just tell me what to do and I'll go do it, right? Smart, interpret. So what I'm saying is, again, another level of what's the down and distance, where we are on the field, why am I going to check down to the screen? So he wanted to know all that information. All of it. That's that's Instead impressive because that's a lot. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's that takes years to well, learn that kind of stuff well, as a player. Oh, what it taught me. He taught me in that moment. In that moment, I went because this was fairly early for me. And so in that moment, it said, you're right. We're not just going to do action for the sake of action. It needs to have a purpose. It needs to move the story forward. Right. Why is he making this choice? Yeah. And it seems like a little thing that no audience members really, because nobody's talking about that choice. The coach isn't making a statement in the dialogue. There's nothing in the script about that choice. But is but he's there a re- interpreting the importance of the choice? Right. Even and not- the choice that he's getting ready to make after he throws the screen route and we're getting ready to go do this next. Mm-hmm. Because what position it puts you in, we didn't get the first down, it did, you know, what all that kind of stuff. Because again, in his eyes, did he have any background in sports? Yeah, I think he played hockey. Canadian kid. I think he played hockey. Okay, up in Canada. Gotcha. Um, good athlete. A- another guy that again had so many motorcycle accidents and so on and so forth. He was a freaking mess even at that point. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, just he he you know running hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I I thought that that was it taught me something there in that moment. And from that point on, I looked at everything because again, he thought even the huddle call that he was getting ready to make Eric, something behind his eyes, he wanted to be able to say why he's saying it. It's not just X, right zip, you know, four thirty four Cadillac. So like that, he wanted, he wanted in his does eyes that become tedious to you at any point. No, no. So you're embracing. That. Oh, of course. Okay. I loved it. I thought it was a great question, but I mean, I, I tell that story a lot and I think he's an, but he's another guy that interprets or he can, he could get something on the page mm-hmm. and interpret it or make it entirely his own and make more of it. What looks like just a little appetizer. So what about Sandler? Perfectionist. Really? That's interesting. Cause he just seems like, so, you know, super laid back and this and that, but so what does that mean in terms of his process? Well, he's a competitor, uh, you know, he's a competitor. I mean, I don't, is again, I think a guy that worked his way up, from literally nothing. Where did he understand What's his story? Well, I mean, not obviously. Well, I think, like, you know, there's these comedy guys. You talk about a freaking, then comedy guys that you're just trying to get. <laughs> the competition in that world oh. is just insane. And they're, and you're working like these nothing clubs to try to get up to the next club. To I mean, try to, to, get to try the to next get, club. you're trying to get 10 minutes. Right. At a nothing club. Yep. 
right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the <laughs> you're talking about you're climbing out of a hole that I can't even imagine, right? You know, and you get five bucks and you leave. You know, uh, and then you finally get to SNL and you get fired. Yeah, right. And now you know, and that's a whole other thing because you know, uh, doing it live and apparently, you know, you hear stories. You know, these guys, you know, trying to. Okay, Lauren, here's the skit, and you know they're all they're all pitching their own stuff, just trying to get on camera. Well, your nerves, like just trying to come up with the skit. I I can't imagine the 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 constant level of stress because you're literally competing with everybody else there for airtime. Yeah, pitching your stuff. Right, and then here comes the guest. So you're trying, okay, what maybe would the guest right? What would work there or whatever? And can I get you know a skit with? I can't even begin to understand i showed my daughter the hanukkah song last night yeah. she had never heard it yeah she was dying yeah so he's I was like you have yeah. so much to learn so he's I, I i tell him all the time by the way like he's legit like he can hit a golf ball legit throw a football legit shoot a basketball he's an athletic dude right yeah i tell him all the time uh, slow down okay you're an athletic dude from the waist up. From the waist down, you're a fat Jewish kid. <laughs> you know? And he dies laughing. Like, uh, but, but like, like, and by the way, again, because if you say Sandler, perfectionist, competitor, mm-hmm. I've been asked many times, who's your starting lineup in movie football or whatever? Sandler. If you need a if you need a free throw hit he's with no time, he hits a free throw. If you need somebody to drive down the field, he's got ice in the like dude just believes. He believes. And that's I mean, that's such a huge right in anything yeah. you do, but in that industry yeah. where the competitiveness is just off the charts, like if you don't have that belief in yourself, you're gonna get weeded out quick. And by the way, that's what I'm saying. So when you're asking me well, he's a perfectionist and you work your butt off to get all the way up there, and you know, you're voted like you're in, you're out, like one of the top 25 power guys in Hollywood, which Sandler has been. I don't know how many runs he had at hundred million dollar movies straight. I don't know if he still has a record or if he, you know, like straight, like over a hundred million dollars at the box office. I don't know how many times. And so this is a guy that, again, he he works hard and and he's got his fingers on everything. I mean, he's in the editing room after the movie's done. He's on set when everybody else is doing their scenes, and um, and wants it right, you know. And and at the same time, encouraging and thankful, and uh, wants everybody to have fun while we do it. Work hard, play hard. Yeah. Work hard, play hard. But uh, but is a there's a reason the dude's at the top. I think because you have to have that kind of drive. Yeah. And, uh, and he has that drive. Yeah. I mean, doesn't matter what you're in. That, you know, some people will fall into something and they'll be successful for a short period of time. But the people that can stay there, those people have similar qualities, right? You know, the drive, the, the perfectionism, the, you know, the desire to, to put out a good product, whatever it is that they're doing. Right. You know, it's not, it, it's not just about what it's given them. It's like they're, they buy into the work. That's correct. Yeah. What was your, what film 
not that you enjoyed working the most on, but what film turned out in a way that you were just like blown away by what you saw on the screen? Oh. That's interesting. Let's go back to Jerry Maguire. Yeah. I was still young. I read the script. Um, didn't think much of it. You know, I, you know, what part? Show when, me the money. You... Show me the n- money did not jump off the page. Yeah. Probably, no, no. It probably looks what cliche, trite. When you read it, you're kind of uh, like, this is it stupid. It was just, it just didn't, it just, the whole thing. And, and I knew the sports agent world. I, you know, I knew, you know, the cliches and that kind of thing and so on and so forth. Um, so when you read it, what, what was it? What it just didn't, didn't you like? You just felt like it I'm was not saying I didn't like it. What? It just didn't jump off the page. It I mean, it wasn't exciting to you as a project. Correct. It just didn't. It, it just didn't like. It just wasn't a wow thing, right? Gotcha. Until, okay. Until I went to. Until I saw it. I, so I went, even as like, soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh my so, gosh!" So even wow. while you're working on it, no, you're like, this, no. You know, we're it's a job. We're working on a project, but it, this isn't going to be anything special. Like, correct. Okay, correct. And some of those, some jobs, I have worked on, and I think, okay, there's you something going on it. here that right. might be good. You know, We Are Marshall. You know, was a movie with McConaughey mm-hmm. that uh, I felt like, what, regardless of how it did in the box office or anything else, like it was a special. You're be proud of it. Yeah, that it was like there's something special going on. And, um, that was a little bit of everything, the cast, the director, you know, all, all of it, the, 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 the material, obviously the people that it affected that it affected, uh, still, still affects, uh, generationally, just the story itself, the story special. itself, but that maybe, you know, you're never going to get something like that, a true story like that, especially a tragedy entirely right and you what you hope is is that you can avoid entirely wrong then <laughs> try to honor the, the and that's the word yeah and i felt like boy we it, it came i feel like it came fairly close to that and so uh that was cool so you feel good about that but jerry Maguire was one of those things that again i went the other one is so before you leave the yeah. jerry Maguire, because i'm interested in knowing what happened on the screen that you didn't see or recognize during the filming and the production of the film? Well, the performances and the chemistry between Cuba and Tom were, and you just don't pick that up oh, when it's happening as no, much. No, I wasn't around it a lot. You know, I mean, cause you were doing your part on, but yeah, you weren't around. During, they're not right. And yeah. they're not working together. Right. Like the right, a lot of that film, they was, they were, completely in separate places correct so they I, weren't shooting together and playing off each right other. that makes a lot of sense right it's like i remember we went all the way out shot that in tempe arizona and so um i remember hearing part of my frustration sometimes it's not all the time because again i'm not wild but like yeah. uh, i remember i remember being like pissed about like um glenn fry's playing the gm I, or the, <laughs> yeah. and i can't meet you're him. like I can't meet him like because he's he's playing he's in an office somewhere else and I'm shooting the football scenes out in the practice field and in the stadium at you know in at temp, in at in temporary Arizona 
And I'm like, oh, the one guy, of course, here we go. Rock and roll, right? right. The guy that I really want to meet. The guy I want to meet, like, <laughs> just like, you know, like hang for a second. So, and, and so when Cuba and Tom were having their scenes off, they're off, they're away from the field sometimes, not all the time, but you don't pick that up. And then the other thing, you know, yeah. And obviously Renee was great. Cameron shooting that movie, the music, all of it, the love story. That, uh, and that movie the, holds up. Like, oh, it's beautifully I mean, shot. It, that movie it holds beautiful. up. 30 years later. No doubt. It holds up. It changed. Okay. So I'll say this, that movie changed my career. Not because I did it. It's because the movie did so well. Again, I think it was 175, it was 190 right. at the box office. Eventually, uh, Hollywood sat up and said, the sports genre movies are now real. Those can make money. They like can that's make money. Worth investing and in. that's when everything changed for me. That's when any given Sunday came. That's when the replacements came. That's when everything started happening. Right after that, yeah. they, they, they just started, if, if they've got 25 movies a year at each studio, they're going, let's make two or three of them sports movies. And how many people in the industry are doing what you were doing at the time? Like how many of you are there? Four, three or four at the time. That's another reason where I thought, um, I might be able to make a living. I saw that there might be a niche. Mm -hmm. I, I, I said there, I might be able to make be a, make a move uh, make a living doing this because I saw there might be a niche, and that's when Eric, you know, I, so I did. Uh, uh, there was a movie being filmed up in Canada. I can't remember what it was. It was a football movie. And, uh, and again, Tolan Robbins were getting ready to go shoot a baseball movie called Summer Catch. Freddie Prince Jr., Jessica Biel. I think I remember that, yeah. Baseball. Cape yep. Cod baseball thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, I played baseball. You know, uh, part of what I saw was I need... I'll starve to death if I just wait around and do football movies. They're only right. going to do so many of those. You need to be a sports guy. Period. Mm -hmm. And nobody was that. Everyone, but everyone kind of specialized Every, in whatever their little niche was. Right. And I found out later why, but this is part of the story. Okay. So I, so I, you know, hey, I'd love to do baseball. Well, you can't do baseball. You're the football guy. So... You, you take less money, you beg and plead, you get there, you, you bust your butt. You prove that you can do baseball. And you prove that you can do baseball, yep. right? Which yep. I did. So I turned down the more money for the do the other football thing or whatever it was to do the baseball, okay? Which led to, you know, the rookie, Mr. 3000, you know, the rookie with Dennis Quaid, you know, mm -hmm. which. Huge the, Disney. That, that was, was a Disney film, right? Disney movie, yeah, that was right? A huge film. Which that the rookie led to Miracle. See my man, that my miracle movie. Right, but oh but you gosh, see what I'm saying. So I so then, like like I said, the Friday Night Lights thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd already done that Texas story with RC Blues. I'm like, I need to go do basketball, Coach Carter. You can't do basketball. You're the football baseball guy. Yeah, you just got. I finally going. said, "Where's the rule book?" <laughs> it's like, one of my things. Don't don't anybody tells you you can't do it. It's the old cliche. If you can't do it, I never listened to that. I never. It was like, why not? I, you know, I played basketball, like I can do this. So I would, you know, and that 
translated into semi-pro and and other basketball projects and and uncle drew you know and and other things that i've done and um so on and so forth so that's where i said okay maybe i found a career here i've mm. I've created a little niche here and how know, far in are you at this point from a just years after miracle when was that 2004 early 2000s right I 2003 mean, 10 years yeah after miracle and i tell you why is because when i got asked to do miracle i said which i think you know because you like the story and it's cool and it's that movie itself is a different it was a turning point for me eric and because i was on the set of the rookie mark charting gordon gray were a young producers that that produced the rookie for disney i think after that they signed uh, a, a deal with disney to produce these things they said hey we're getting ready to do miracle the story of the 1980 team <clears throat> why don't you come do the sports in it and i said the old thing, you know, I don't know the difference between a, a clothesline and a blue line. You said that? Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't do this. You did the other ones, though. Why wouldn't you think you could do that one? No, because I played baseball. Football. Oh, you're, you're like, okay, I was familiar with those sports. This familiar, sport yeah. Familiar like, with. Familiar like, with. Are yeah. you kidding? Like, okay. First of all, I believe, first of all, I, what I did not believe. This is the greatest sports story. In America, the last hundred years, I mean, right? The, I mean, they beat Russia, the Soviet Union. Like, this is maybe one of the best sports. Story. Forget the movie. No, it's, I, the story yeah, itself. You're right. I mean, I, I remember I was probably 12, I don't know, 12 years old. I remember sitting in the family room of my house. My parents didn't watch hockey at all. Right. But I remember sitting in there, the entire family watching that game and the, the feeling in the room the feeling of pride in the country when they did something that hadn't been done and so that that everyone said it's impossible you that's cannot correct. do that like and that's my point there was a that was a nat the national pride and just the sense of it, it was just a like you said it was one of the most unique special moments in sports that's that's ever occurred right so therefore it's well known yeah. So how are we ever emotionally going to get to the point where yeah. we, you know, we all know Aruzioni hits the winning goal. Yep. Like, okay, how do we get like, okay, it's just, there's no way we can ever reach that because again, everybody knows, I think is very familiar with the story. Yes, we do biopics all the time, but can it really happen? Uh, I, so so I, I know, know nothing yeah. about film, but yeah. the thing that really did that for me, like I is the way that they dug into each one of those athlete stories right right and they created like you buy into them as a person and then they showed like how he just grinded them into a a unit correct right so they bring you along on that journey of like suffering and the formation of a team right so was I, that you was that no so this is my point is mm -hmm. that i'm going no way yeah just read the mark just read the script just read it so i read the script i went oh boy exactly what you're saying amazing amazing mike rich wrote it uh, uh, mike you know invincible eventually he 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 got his start on finding forrester one of my favorite movies of all time uh mike wrote 
you know, I think Secretariat, uh, Invincible, The Rookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you know, Mike is one of the best guys and best writers out there. So I read the script. I was like, wow. So I, I you know, kind of talked to the people, my staff that I work with and so on and so forth, like, you need to do this. So uh, I'm like, well, how in the world am I going to pull this off? I dug in you know, three, four months and learned as much as I could about sport, hung out with hockey guys, went to practices, you know, learned as much as I possibly could. Finally, I go to um, Santa Monica for a meeting with the Disney execs. We meet in a big hotel room up in Santa Monica. Kurt Russell's going to be there. Uh, uh, Herb Brooks is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself when, before we walk in, because we hadn't started shooting. And I'm going, can I back out now? I don't belong in this room. Well, or- I'm getting ready to walk in. <clears throat> I, I just heard Herb Brooks say, in my mind, I'm thinking Herb Brooks is going to say, let me get this straight. Yeah. This is I, the I'm greatest sports you. movie. This is the greatest sports story in 100 years. And you hire this guy to be the sports, to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like, who's never played, who's never like the whole thing. Yep. And I'm like, and he's right. Like, what what am i doing what am i doing this is not gonna be good and i don't know how i'm gonna answer the question or anything like that and so uh i swallow i walk in everybody's introducing and you know her brooks this is you must be mark ellis really and he starts from the other side of the table okay you must be mark ellis handshake I'm so glad you took this. You let me know. I'm so glad you're doing this. You let me know if you need anything. Wow. What would, what did that moment oh. feel like? <laughs> oh. Oh. Mm. Mm. Tough. Just, you know, changed everything. Because once I did that, and it was the hardest six months, maybe part of the hardest six months of my life, because I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fail this guy. Right. That's the first thing. The belief that he had in you. Oh, right there. Uh, like, okay, I'm not failing this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, I don't care what I've got to do. And uh, it was so tough. And But he was always there, answered phone calls, whatever it was, sat with me and helped me understand what he was trying to do with, you know, the Soviet offense and the Canadian defense. I mean, Eric, it was a tutorial both on the ice and off the ice. And How much time was he on set? Was he there a lot? No, or? no, he wasn't there a lot, but okay. I got to I got to see him in prep and I got to talk to him again on the fo- on the phone and do different things and and that kind of thing and so he was just incredible and um but it was it was it was one of the hardest projects. We went up to Vancouver to shoot. I surrounded myself and and everybody said you're getting ready to have the time of your life. I'm like, why? I said, well, hockey people are the greatest people in the world. Well, they couldn't have been more right. Again, these everybody could have laughed me out when I casted the athletes and the players up there in Canada, brought in the American, you know. But in that meeting, I think I kind of won Herb over when I said it was a, I think I won after that. I said, guys, I can either, I think we were three months out two, three months out, maybe two months out. 
of shooting. Okay. And I said, guys, I can either cast act cast actors and teach them how to skate or cage or cast, cast hockey, hockey players, players and, and teach them, them how, how to act. But I can tell you for the three or four months that I've been working towards this, mm-hmm. just my <laughs> naked, you know, I, you know, very early, like these kids that make it to this level in order for it to look great, you're you know on frozen water. Right. Okay. They yeah, were you can't, you they can't put like skates. put a guy on a field and let him teach you know teach him to run fast. Like that's these guys. Like I mean, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up skating on frozen ponds in the middle of right. winter, like checking people into snowbanks. Skating is hard. Well, like you can't just throw a guy yeah, on they, skates and teach him to skate. No, I'm like these guys were like they had skates in the crib. Yeah. Like th- like like literally when they were two, three years old, it's like they could do that maybe before they could ride a bike. I mean, like, and, and it, that was the first time. And Disney's like, remember I got 18 of those guys yeah, and they gave me a bunch of money and I went up and down the East coast and up into Canada and tried to, you know, and did open casting calls and, and, and cut actors that couldn't skate and, and, you know, had to find, you know, a, a, a righty or somebody, you know, we wanted the Boston accents, we wanted, you know, the all the accents that we could possibly get. So that there was that had to be a ton of work, ton, a ton of work. Because actually, that was one of the things that struck me when, when I, I've watched that so many times. Right. I literally, the last time I watched that, when it was over, I looked up every actor that that was a hockey player in that movie, and I went and looked up their bios because I was so interested. In how well they did i was actually wondering is this like these guys had to have played hockey right so yeah. i went and looked up their bios i read about who they really were as a person and i kind of realized recognized that that's what y'all had done but the realism the believability that that brought to that movie because you're sitting there watching that and those guys are freaking skating yeah i i, I so i don't like for multiple reasons, going to the premiere or going to these red carpet things Mm -hmm. primarily because again, when you finish filming six, nine months down the road, I've already done one or two, or I'm already working on other projects. Right. Yeah. And I'm one of those guys. So anyway, you go to these premieres and you know, kind of like it's everybody pats each other on the back and talk about how great we are. And nobody's even seen the thing yet, you know, right. But Part of it is the press and all that other stuff that yeah. you do and playing the and game. It's good seeing everybody. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's the first time you've seen it. Sometimes it's not. But I remember um, Ross Greenberg, who was running HBO sports at the time. And they had, remember I had, Eric, I had to look, I had to look at every game, the Sweden game, the Czech game, the Finland game, because I'm recreating the plays within those real games. Right. Right. And not just games, but games that almost the entire country above a certain age yeah. was sitting there mesmerized watching. It's not just some random game that somebody didn't remember that you're trying to like recreate. To recreate. You're talking about moments in time that are frozen. are frozen in people's mind. And they remember this shot and yes. that shot and this save and that save. Like, yes, huge. 
So Ross helped get, he was one of the producers on it, helped get all that footage for us and so on and so forth. And I walked in the premiere and I hadn't seen it. And he said, this is going to change your life. He knew. Yep. Head of HBO sports. He said, this is going to change your life. And I had no idea. Did you even I, mean I, I didn't know that meant? Good or bad? Like, okay. Well, I, I didn't know if he meant good, bad. Like, I, like, what do you mean? Like, first of all, how many times do you hear that in your life when you walk in? I've never heard that in my life. That's what I'm saying. Like, ever. Oh, it day. caught me. I mean, literally, it was a weird, it was a moment captured frozen in time for me because I didn't really understand what he was saying at the time. Mm -hmm. And I've never spoken to him about that specifically since. But coming from a guy like a dude like that, right? Who doesn't you use you, you get that's you know, not something they're gonna throw around. No. Yeah. No, not those type of people. Mm -hmm. You just don't. Even if you think it, you're not gonna say it. Right. We just don't guys don't do that, you know. And so <clears throat> that changed everything because it gave me the confidence if I can do this, I can do anything. I can do it. I can now, now I, I got this. Yeah. Um, Gavin O'Connor, who directed that, who did an amazing job, another tough guy to work with, but, uh, brilliant. I, it's amazing because I've worked with so many, but I think as many great Academy Award winning directors, Ang Lee, you know, Oliver Stone, uh, uh, Cameron Crowe, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan. Gavin O'Connor may have taught me more about story and the importance of it than anybody I'd worked with and maybe still have worked with. I mean, the emphasis for him on story is <laughs> amazing. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're learning as you go. The story development in that film was, it was, and Gavin still it was just, it was, yeah, he was, it was epic and he demanded that. And every day it was going through layers and layers and layers of story mm -hmm. until we could get it and hone in. And up until every take, the last take, if we could pull an an inch, one more inch out of a, out of the story, we would do it. And yeah. uh, so that was just a really really cool that was a turning point and i felt like at that point you know things could change that's cool um i'm gonna have you back on because i had other stuff that i wanted to talk about that's like future stuff and this and that but that i feel like that's a great that meant that film meant so much to me yeah and and just the way that, that you talked about it like that's a good place to end for today but Man, I love it, man. I, I had a great I, time. I'm this so, is awesome. Like, appreciative of you being here. This was really, really enjoyable for it's me. Blast, dude! It's a blast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'd love to come back and talk about the second we're, half at hey, some point. We're, <laughs> we're gonna do. We'll it. get into the third and fourth. When quarter. I get you in between this, this, uh, this thing and whatever you're doing next, you can give me just a brief glimpse. What's on? Like, do you have your next project on the horizon? Already I think or not? so. I got the telephone call last week, and and is it something you can talk about or not. Um. It's you know what it's it it's going to segue nicely ha, have me back because I think okay. it's going to se segue nicely into one. perfect what 
what's the future of Hollywood? What's the future yeah. of streaming? What's the future of storytelling? That's, what was the... that's that was all on my list, and I'm like, I'm gonna be here for four hours, right? And so that's a great. That's what I want to. Yeah, we'll talk ironically, about that's what this Perfect. looks like. It is. It mm -hmm. looks like this new studio, like this new storytelling, the new platform. Maybe like this is maybe the new thing, and so it's very exciting, very cool. I think the timing's fantastic. I think it's maybe something the world needs a little bit right now, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about later when you know maybe I'll have a little bit more reflection on it. But uh, I'd love to come back anytime. That'd be awesome. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you being here. I can't wait till that one happens. And yeah. uh, we'll chat again in a little bit. Okay. I look forward to Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. You still here? Thanks for listening to the Do Not Go Quietly podcast it's over. with Eric Wilson. Go home. Go.